Today we are talking about access to justice. The ABA provides that lawyers have a professional responsibility to do 50 hours a year of pro bono work, but only a third of lawyers will actually hit that mark. On the other end of that spectrum are those in need. Over 86% of low-income individuals need legal help but won't actually get it. So how can we narrow this justice gap? I'm delighted to be joined today by Felicity Conrad, co-founder and CEO of Paladin, a pro bono platform that's helping in-house counsel and law firms streamline their programs and support this important ecosystem. Felicity, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, you have quite an incredible background. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you came to co-found Paladin? Of course. Um, Before diving in, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's so exciting to be able to share uh, a little bit about Paladin, obviously my background, um, and more about how organizations can really leverage pro bono, uh, especially in this day and age. So I, I founded Paladin through a very circuitous route, which um, started uh, with me essentially as a litigator at a major law firm in New York City. Uh, a lot of young associates when they're learning how to become litigators, how to go to court, they actually take on pro bono cases um, to, one, serve their community, be part of the pro bono program, but two, also just become better litigators. So I took on a pro bono case while I was a litigator at the firm, which really just changed my life. Uh, It was an asylum case. My client was from Colombia with a young family, had fled Uh, A narco-terrorist organization had tried to kill him and his family. And when his case came across my desk, he was was being deported and and was in fear for his life. So I took on that pro bono case. I represented him. I, I went to immigration court and was able to win asylum for him and his family. And that experience... Being a litigator at a a traditional major law firm and still being able to have that sort of impact on somebody's life just seemed to me to be the most fantastic thing. And I I started to kind of go on a personal mission of how do we get lawyers to do more pro bono work? How can we create tools around that? Uh, And that led me to leaving and, and focusing on this problem full time, which has now turned into Paladin. That's such an incredible story. I mean, we've seen so many situations lately where lawyers are are stepping forward to help individuals in need of legal support through their pro bono programs. And I'm thinking of the situation most recently in the U.S. a few months ago where the immigration laws were suddenly changed and lawyers across the country started to rally to help those in need. I mean, how are these current events changing the way that we look at pro bono programs and what kind of trends are we seeing? So the the event which I think you're you're referencing is the recent policy of um, separating families at the border and now kind of in the criminal detention of families at the border. That has been a very interesting kind of trend that fits within kind of starting with the immigration ban early last year. We're seeing far more emergency access to justice events. And as part of that, we're also seeing Uh, A lot of organizations, law firms, now corporations taking a stand to help and provide support and mobilize their lawyers with those events. So it's an interesting trend. I'm thinking recently in the New York Times, there was an op-ed by the chairman of Paul Weiss and Lowenstein Sandler um, mobilizing 
in addition to a number of firms. But more interestingly, maybe, and more surprisingly, on the corporate side, we have uh, a Paladin client, Lyft, who launched their pro bono program around the family separation work. Uh, a lot of tech companies in Silicon Valleys and also more traditional Fortune 500s have kind of spoken out against that and are starting to, to do pro bono work around these access to justice emergencies. The other kind of interesting thing about that is that it, I think, has kind of shifted the culture. Lawyers have become more vocal about um, a feeling of responsibility to do pro bono work. Um, or a desire to get involved in these sorts of access to justice emergencies. But at the same time, organizing pro bono lawyers in these, in these sorts of events, these emergencies, can be pretty unwieldy. Uh, there's a lot of spreadsheets out there, a lot of phone calls, but um, it's really hard to keep track, especially when you, you have thousands of, of children who are, who are being separated or families that need representation kind of on demand. So it's an, it's an absolutely fascinating time for, um, for pro bono and the intersection of corporations, law firms, and these access to justice emergencies. And I think that's an incredible point, Felicity, is that it is obviously very time sensitive. So to be equipped and to be able to turn around um, quickly is obviously really important. So if I'm in a firm or in-house role and, and leading the pro bono program in my organization, what are some best practices around engagement, reporting, and ultimately, how do I even know what success looks like for my program? I think a lot of firms often now have pro bono programs, and it's in the last five to ten years, it's been um, there's been a huge rise of corporate pro bono, in-house pro bono programs. But often, it's the biggest question is, how do I... How do I start? How do I create some structure around it? How do I think about whether um, it's successful? Uh, are we achieving impact goals, participation goals, uh, business goals around the program? Um, so the cool thing about what um, my position and Paladin's work has allowed us to do is really kind of take a, a bird's eye view of the industry and deep dive in a lot of different firms and corporations pro bono programs and start to see trends and, and see what's working where. Obviously, we also create uh, technology infrastructure about around that. We can maybe speak about that later. But from a, let's take, for instance, an in-house pro bono coordinator or pro bono council charged with running their pro bono program. One of the main things that they will initially be concerned about is engagement. How do we engage our pro bono, um, our, our legal team, and what does good look like? Our clients range from lower kind of tens and twenties participation um, up to 80, and actually one of our newer clients is now aiming for 100% pro bono participation. I think a great goal for participation for a first-time program is somewhere between 50 to 80 percent, uh, and not just younger lawyers too, but really ensuring that senior lawyers, even up to maybe the general counsel or, pro or partner level within a law firm, are engaging in the program. There's a lot of best practices around engagement um, by tailoring pro bono opportunities to the things that are interesting to the workforce, as well as 
as well as to current events. So obviously a lot of folks are really interested in immigration work right now. Um, creating kind of engaging content, catchy titles. It really is advertising this sort of work to lawyers. Uh, another big thing that uh, an in-house team might be concerned about is best practices around tracking and reporting the work that they do. That's, that's generally a big pain point because it's difficult for any given lawyer to know all of the pro bono work, the universe of pro bono work being done at any given time throughout an organization, and certainly if you're reporting on it at the end of the year. Um, historically, folks have used spreadsheets, folks have stopped by people's offices, phone calls, that sort of thing. We've developed a system to facilitate reporting, but it's really important that, um, at the very least, that the type of work being done is being recorded, hours, if that's possible, um, and outcomes. What actually happened? How many clients were served? Uh, if you can get testimonials from lawyers, that is really important. Um, so you can use it to kind of in your business development materials or your marketing materials, use it to uh, inspire the rest of your workforce. So for the reporting, just to summarize, uh, the type of work done, kind of community served is, is really important. Hours, if possible, and then some outcome information and hopefully testimonials from the lawyers to inspire others. So clearly having executive sponsorship for these programs is, is critical. I mean, how does one go about creating the business case for this kind of support? In our experience, having somebody at the top who understands not just the importance of pro bono from a community aspect, but the importance of it from a business perspective is absolutely critical to the investment, uh, to a sustained and successful program. So one kind of first to note is that organizations do pro bono for a variety of reasons. Of course, normally the primary reason is to give back to the community, but we also see law firms and corporations doing pro bono together, kind of firm corporate partnerships, corporate corporate partnerships, and that's really actually a business development channel. Folks will, will do a clinic together and actually strengthen their business development relationships. So that's a really important point. We've also seen pro bono being spoken about um, as a really effective recruitment tool. We now live in a world where millennials really care about working for organizations that are community-minded, that invest in corporate social responsibility, and will actually make job decisions based on their employer's commitment to these sorts of issues. So pro bono is now starting to emerge as a really strong recruitment tool to differentiate yourself as, as a firm or a corporation who's, who's trying to hire the best talent. And then perhaps lastly on the, the business cases, it's, it's really fantastic for professional development. As I, as I mentioned before, my first time in court ever as an associate was actually immigration court for my, for my pro bono case. It's an incredible tool to boost morale and create kind of culture and uh, a positive atmosphere. And then it's just fantastic also for brand building and marketing. Uh, the stories that uh, come out of pro bono representation cases are absolutely phenomenal. We recently saw, I think, a New York Times piece uh, highlighting the CEO of Merck, Ken Frazier. And 
the whole piece was about um, the corporate soul and centered around his work doing multi-year representations of death penalty cases and actually getting, I think, one of his pro bono clients off of death row. That sort of story ends up in the New York Times. They're profound kind of an under-leveraged tools for, for building the business of, of corporations and law firms. So if the executive sponsor has a keen understanding of, of these sorts of very business case and ROI elements of pro bono, um, that's really key. Of course, at the end of the day, the, the impact we make in our community is is the reason I think a lot of folks do pro bono, but they really do go hand in hand in a corporate or firm environment. So now you've designed uh, Paladin to help streamline this entire process. Can you tell me a little bit more about the platform and, and how it helps? Absolutely. And I, I'm sorry for, for sneaking in little tidbits previously. Um, so Paladin is uh, a pro bono platform that helps organizations run their pro bono programs. And the ultimate goal is to help organizations leverage their legal team to access, increase access to justice. So what Paladin does from a, a nuts and bolts standpoint is it's a software that helps organizations engage their lawyers in pro bono work and hopefully increase their engagement numbers, reduce the administrative costs of a pro bono program by reducing their time spent administering the program by 80%, and then seamlessly track uh, and measure the pro bono work being done, capture data and stories and testimonials um, so that you can have, as a pro bono counsel or coordinator, an understanding of, of all of what's happening in your program in real time at the click of a button. So we've designed this platform to really empower pro bono councils and organizations to uh, run incredibly successful pro bono programs, both from an impact standpoint and a business standpoint and reduce the amount of kind of manual investment that's happening right now. A lot of people have kind of put a lot of labor of love hours into running pro bono programs, and we think that that time should be spent um, more actually doing the pro bono work and, of course, doing their, their normal jobs as well. To go a little bit more into the, the nuts and bolts, specifically on the tracking side, we're going beyond measuring number of hours, which is something I mentioned earlier, to really try to understand the impact of what happened with those hours. Paladin's platform is designed to automatically capture things like hours, engagement rates, community served, practice areas, and things that are relevant for business development, like which external partners did you work with? We're working to get as granular as we can, which is really exciting, and I think one of the first times this has happened in the pro bono space. Yeah, it's certainly the first uh, platform I've ever seen like this. Now, I know you're working with Dentons and Nexlaw to co-develop a product for law firms. What does that look like? We're thrilled to be able to work with Dentons. Um, they've been an absolutely fantastic partner for us, kind of coupling uh, an incredibly complex, robust pro bono program, as well as a, a kind of strong bent towards innovation. So we've, we've been really happy with the, the partnership so far. Um, law firms as opposed to corporations, and Paladins historically has been focused on helping corporations manage their pro bono programs. Law firms, in contrast, have tend to have much bigger, uh, very diverse and complex programs. So this means from a product standpoint, 
instead of um, instead of just doing a smaller number of types of pro bono initiatives, we're really now having to kind of work with the gamut. So we've been working closely with Dentons as well as about a half a dozen other firms to launch a co-development process um, to really build a law firm platform that um, is as successful as the corporate platform that we've built. Our current focus um, right now with, with Dentons and the co-development of the law firm is around ensuring the cases, um, the intake and distribution of cases is absolutely seamless in a way that hasn't been done before. So, so to take the example, let's say family separation, immigration cases. Right now, there are legal service organizations who work on the ground, who intake those cases, work with those folks, um, and if they think that the case is fit for pro bono referral, they contact their partner law firms, either email, phone call, who then distribute kind of manually those pro bono cases to their workforce. We're working on automating that process. So um, all of the time and energy that's spent on the pro bono referral as well as distribution within an organization um, is done pretty systematically Pro bono matters are tagged, they're distributed in an intelligent way to optimize engagement. Um, and this is something that's possible across multiple offices, practice areas, if folks have certain language skills, things like that. Um, so it's been really exciting. And, and frankly, this is, this is a, a big nut to crack in, in the pro bono world. And we're so happy to have, um, have partners like Denton's. Felicity, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Clearly, you're doing some amazing things with the platform. I wish you all the best uh, with the platform and, and new products and look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much. We're so excited to share uh, what we've been working on and, and pro bono more generally. For, for anyone listening, if you do want to learn more or talk about anything pro bono related, feel free to reach out.